Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Wouldn't that feel good? It feels good, doesn't it? It feels good, doesn't it, Mama Sheldon? I know, I see that big smile on your face. Come on, Merry Christmas. It is so good to be with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up to the book of Revelation. If you don't know where that is, if, you have, if you're like me and I need to have like, the book in my hand, uh, start on the right and go left. You'll get there a whole lot faster. Uh, the book of Revelation, the very last book in, in our Bible. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always enjoy knowing the end of the story. And some people are like, oh, it's a spoiler. No, it's not. Come on. I want to win. I want to know how to win. I want to know why I win. I want to know what's going on. Like, I'm not in it just to kind of like, oh, this is a good experience. I'm sick of good experiences. Because experiences come and go, and it's over with. It's done. It's over. Uh, Listen, this is for eternity's sake. If we're talking about everlasting, if we're talking about like where we're going to live forever, then let's get to the end of it and figure out how we're going to get there. Come on. And so this morning, as we look at scripture here, uh, you know, obviously I think many of us understand what the book of Revelation is. Uh, John uh, was exiled to the island of Patmos, and, and uh, here he has a, a deep encounter with Jesus, and Jesus reveals to him what was going to be happening in the end times. Really, uh, that's why it's called the book of Revelation, by the way. It was a revelation not just of what was going to happen, but really the book of Revelation is a revelation of who Jesus is. What he does is because who he is. Hear me today. What he does is it's because who he is. And this morning, we have to understand that he is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. He is my everything. He is my all. He has has it all taken care of today. He is my healer. He is my salvation. He is my hope. He is my soon coming king. He is my joy. He is my peace. He is. That's my God. And so this morning, I want us to dig deep into Scripture here as we, as we kind of look at this, just a few verses. Revelation chapter 1, starting at verse 5. If you have it, uh, you can stand to your feet this morning. You can also open up the YouVersion Bible app. There's a live event for you to follow right along there as well. But as we've been going through uh, this scripture, you know, many of us know we, we, we've, we've kind of been basing off our, our theme verse has been from Isaiah that said, unto us a son is given, uh, his, the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That, that term, that, that, that thought, everlasting, what does that really mean? I, I mean, we, we've, we, we talk about it, and this, this, the verse we're going to read here is, is kind of like a, it's very existential, you know? Like, it's very, like, it's a big thought. But can I tell you something? God's word is more practical than the tires on your car. And so we're going to read God's word, and then we're going to ask God to help us to apply God's word to our life. Not apply our life to God's word, but apply God's word to our life. Make his word work in our life so that our life bends to God's word, not bend God's word to our life. Amen? And so uh, his everlasting word is much better than my temporary opinion. Come on, let's look at God's word here this morning. Revelation chapter 1, starting at verse uh, uh, 5. Again, this is, this is kind of an introduction of what, who Jesus is. And I love how John writes this out. He says, he says in verse 5, and this is from Jesus Christ, he is the faithful witness to these things. He is the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. 
All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. Y'all gonna have to wake up or I'm gonna run up and down these halls right now, I'm telling you, right? You know I'll do it too. Here we go. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood. Verse 6, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Speaking of everlasting. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. All the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. And this is our key verse, verse eight. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, the one who always was, and who is still to come, the almighty one. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the strong, mighty name of your son, Jesus, may all distraction be gone. May faith rise in our soul right now in Jesus' mighty name. God, I trust you today. God, be glorified. God, I need you. Oh, Lord, I need your grace. God, have your way. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. Look at somebody's your seat and say Merry Christmas. It'll feel good. It does. It feels better, Mike. It just does. It does. So, this morning, I, I just, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag right here, all right? I'm just going to tell you where we're going and how the service is going to end, all right? I'm going after souls this morning. Listen, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, if you're listening, you're watching online, if you're here live in, in, in person in the house, listen, I want you to know something today. God loves you with an everlasting love, and it's not an accident that you're here this morning. That God's love, of messy, his message of love is reaching out to you. And, and I know sometimes your life is messy. It's confusing. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes we feel all alone. That's often the plans of the enemy. If, it, he'll try and distract you and deter you from your destination. He'll try and distance you from what is happening in and around. Uh, the things of God. I've got news for you today. Jesus is coming after you with his love and his grace and his mercy today. And at the end of our time together, we're all going to pray a prayer and we're going to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. In fact, listen, if, if, if in the moment, in the middle, even during the preaching of God's word, even right now, if you sense an urgency in your heart that you need to surrender to God, you are more than welcome to stand up and sprint down here as fast as you can. I can guarantee you whatever we'll do and we'll stop and we'll lead you to the Lord right now. Because listen, there is nothing more important There's nothing more important. And and so today, as we look at this scripture, uh, we look at this scripture, and, and this scripture, obviously, it's a big existential thought, thinking that Jesus is the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. He's the one who is, he's the one who was, and he's the one who is to come. That's a kind of a big thing if you really think about it. It's not just kind of a little flippant statement that makes you know, God sound bigger than what he really is. No, listen, my watch cannot, cannot contain my God. He, he exists not just in time, but he exists outside of time. The calendar does not contain God. Listen, God, that's why and he's in my past. That's why he can forgive me of my past. He's with me now. He is my ever-present help in time of need. And he is the one who is to come. Surely if he went to go and prepare a place for us, he's going to come back and receive us to himself, that where he is, there we may be also. He's the one who is, he's the one who was, and he's the one who is to come. He is. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is everything. 
And for us to understand what this means, this, this everlasting, I always think, I don't know why, I just always think of this when I hear this word everlasting. Even the, the first couple of weeks as Pastor Jason was preaching, and I hear this word everlasting, I immediately go to the sandlot, and I see, I see squints go, forever. That's right. We, we have to understand this is so much bigger than the moment. This is so much bigger and, and, and larger than what we can understand, but it is so practical. God's word is so powerful and practical. And this morning, I'm going to deliver to you a very, I know it's an existential moment, but it's a very simplistic, a simplistic message today that we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. See, because here's the deal. God's word's gonna be preached. His word's gonna be given. That's what Jesus is, the word of God made flesh and dwelt among us. He was, when Jesus left heaven and came to earth and in the form of a little baby as, as Mary, a teenage girl, gave birth to Jesus out in the middle of a dark cave and at the edge of Bethlehem. Uh, listen to me today. Uh, it was the word of God made flesh and dwelt among us. God's word is real. He is here. But here's the thing, many of us, we have not allowed God's word to change who we are. Some of us have come to church week after week. We listen to service after service. We, 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 we go from different places and we think we're good people. We do good things. But at the end of the day, our lives are not getting closer to God any more than what they were 10 years ago, five years ago, or yesterday. If God's word isn't changing you, it's for one of two reasons. You either are not listening to God's word or it's not God's word. <laughs> Because my Bible says God's word, when it's sent out, it never returns void. And so today, I, I want us to look at just practically, honestly, let's look at God's word and let's allow God's word to change us. If we are not changed by God's word, we're either not listening or we are not, we are, it's just flat out not God's word. So look at what the scripture says in verse five. It says that Jesus was the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us. Now listen, and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has already freed us. He's the one who was. He's the one who was. Freedom has already been purchased for you. It's already been taken care of. But many of us, we fall back into this victimhood mentality. We, we continue to rehash and relive the past over and over and over again. We love to tell the horror stories, how bad it is, how awful it is. I mean, I, even thinking about this with, with Mary and Joseph and little, a little teenage girl, Mary, giving birth to Jesus. And, and, you know, and, and I know because you know, we went through this thing. We have four kids. And I'd always listen every time Katie was pregnant. There would always be that blessed saint that would want to come and tell her the worst thing that happened to them during their pregnancy. Come on, how many women right now you know what I'm talking about? If you happen to be one of those women, you come to the altar right now. <laughs> We're going to skip the anointing with oil and we're just going to straight up lay hands. You understand what I'm saying? We love to go back and rehash the pain and live in it and talk about it and, and tell everybody how awful it was because somehow it makes us feel like we're bigger people or the, because we've made it through. Look what I've went through. Look what I've accomplished. Even though despite that, look where I am. And sometimes it's, it's veiled in this, in this false humility where it's, it becomes more about us 
And we focus so much on what we did and what was done to us, we forget about what God did and what he said about us already. Can I tell you, what God did for you is greater than what you did for you. And that's a, lot, that's a loaded statement. Because it's not just about our accomplishments and our successes, but listen to me, many of us feel like we're secondary garbage, that we're trash, that, that we're just some used product, that we're not good enough anymore, that we're just barely thankful that God allows us to live and even come to church on a Sunday morning. You're more than that. You're more than that. What God did for you is greater than what you did. What he did is greater than what you did. And what was said about you is not even close to what God says about you. What he says about you is greater than what they said about you. What he did for you is greater than what they did to you. You are not secondary. You are not a, a, a second hand. You, you don't belong in, in the Goodwill store. Come on, somebody. But you have been bought with a price. Whew. If this doesn't do it for you, you don't know my Jesus. You have been bought with a price. His blood has been shed, the pure blood of Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb of God. Listen, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might be called the righteousness of God, that Jesus surrendered his life. He didn't take his Godship as something to grab hold of, but he surrendered and he took the form of a human, even the form of a little baby and surrendered his life for us so that we could live eternally with him in heaven forever and forever and forever. Those are big statements, but it's practical for today. What God did is greater than what you did. That decision you made doesn't compare to the decision God made to leave heaven and take your place. What he did for us is greater than what I did. But can I tell you, we're never going to receive freedom until we first become responsible and ask for forgiveness. Nobody else did it but you. You're responsible for yourself. But you can't confess to something that you don't take responsibility for. John chapter 1, verse 8 through 10 says, If we claim to have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, listen, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. And this is a big verse right here. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Ooh. If you think that you've arrived Oh boy. Regardless of what's happening in and around your life, can I tell you, we are sinful people. Can I tell you, I am a sinful person. Pastor Jason is a sinful person. We are sinful people. But we have been redeemed. <laughs> you have been bought 
with a price. And when God sees me, he doesn't see me in my sin and my frailty and my failure. He sees me through the rose-colored lenses that have been stained with the pure blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And he sees me as been made perfect and redeemed and purchased that I have been bought with a price. And that's why I can call out to my father as even my Abba father, my daddy, because I have now been grafted in. I have been adopted into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am his heir and his joint heir. And I have an inheritance that is much greater than this world could ever give. There's nothing you could do to disqualify you from receiving the love of Jesus Christ in your life. There's nothing that you could do that says that God's going to stop loving you. Listen, on your worst day, when your mama's done loving you, I got news for you. I serve a Jesus who is my ever-present help in time of need, that he loves me with an everlasting love. And while I was still a sinner, he proved his love for me. He went ahead and died for me. Even when I was still going to work and taking part of conversations I should never take part of, even though I was going to work late and, and not honoring God and showing God that everything I do, I do for him and I do for his glory. Hey, I, I, listen, he died for me, even whenever I was looking at things I shouldn't be looking at, taking things I shouldn't be taking, doing things I shouldn't be doing, God went ahead and he died for me anyway. That's how much he loves me. The perfection died for the imperfection. The clean died for the unclean so that I could be made perfectly clean in the sight of God. Listen, it's, it's not about, we, we can't receive freedom until we first become responsible and ask for forgiveness. Freedom is tied directly to forgiveness. The Bible said here that, that we, if, we don't, if we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. I don't know why you felt so tied up. You want to know why you felt like you can't get anything accomplished? You want to know why you felt like you just continually hit a wall over and over and over again? Because you're not living in the truth of God. You continue to live in the lies and the spin that the, 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 the devil tries to distract you from your past. And you continue to rehash the garbage of the past over and over and over again. You listen to what has been said about you. You listen to what has been done about you. And you try and play this victimhood thing and, and that way. Because we know what happened in the past. And as long as I know what happened in the past, I can manipulate it and make it work for me the way I want it to work for me. Because I at least know what happened. At least the way I saw it happen. funny how I can always look at my past and make it work for me. We have to be able to walk away from that. Not to ignore it, but to understand if I've confessed with my mouth Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that he is God, the Bible says very clearly, the old is gone. I leave what is behind and I press towards what is ahead. When I was in second grade, I, uh, you know, it was a little tiny school over in, in, in Mount Morris, Perry Elementary, that's not even there anymore, you know, uh, and uh, how many went to a school that's not there anymore, by the way? Yeah. Listen, that goes all the way for me. That goes even to my college. It's gone. Oh, have mercy. Where was that, Pastor Jay? I just got really heartbroken right there for a moment. Yeah. And when I was in second grade, you know, it was a small little community school and everything. And it was one of those, like, I want to be careful here because I don't want to get and and beat some, you know, traditional drum. 
But there is something about being grateful for the nation that we live in. You know? I'm sick of people talking bad about everything. We're very fortunate. Some of us need to get off our political high horses and understand we've got it better than anybody else in the world right now. We are very fortunate. But in second grade, instead of saying the Pledge of Allegiance, we would sing the national anthem every morning, right? And so my second grade teacher would come out and she would open up the, the record player. Mercy. Do you know what that is, Mike? You know what a record player is? Okay. It's this thing. They put this like piece of vinyl on there that has some like grooves in it. And this needle somehow goes on those grooves and makes music. It's wild. Yeah, I know. And so, you know, they put the record on and, and she would put the, the needle down on it and start playing. It was this, you know, the old school patriotic military sounding type band, you know. And then the choir would come in and everybody would start singing with the choir. Well, just about a week, week and a half into school, I'm standing there at my desk, you know, because we'd stand up, put our little hand over our heart. My teacher reached down into the back of my shirt to the hallway. Demonic finger in my nose. <laughs> you know, she gives me, you know, Mike, like she just gives me one of those. You know, she goes, now listen. <laughs> right? This is less than six feet. Listen. Your voice is a disgrace to our country. I'm not making this up. You are so horrible. You, it is a dishonor to our entire nation. Every morning when we sing, you get your hind in out into this hallway and wait until we're done. And when the music's over, that's when you can come back in. Now, I'm not joking. That's for real. That actually happened. Say, Tim, did it hurt you? I'm talking about it, I don't know, 38, nine years later, and I don't know. <laughs> you know the funny thing is? I went to college on a vocal scholarship. <laughs> everything I do in my living has to do with my voice. Everything. Everything I do. I'm not, I'm not like some deep awesome recording artist, but I can tell you this, the first couple CDs I was on, I sent them to her. (laughs) Um, I'm like, anytime, I've been privileged, it's it's kind of been crazy how it's happened. I've been privileged to say at these large events and things, I've been asked, and I sing the national anthem, all these big events across, I've been up and down the coast and sang these, I mean, it's it's awesome. By the way, if you happen to have an in with the Pittsburgh Penguins, that's one of my bucket lists. Let me sing on the ice one time. One time. Say, well, Tim, why'd you tell that story? Because as awful as that is, that did not define me. Can I tell you, oftentimes, the exact point where the enemy's trying to come distract and deter you from talking, listen, that's the exact point where God wants to use you. Come on. What God did for me is much greater than what they did to me. What God says about me is much greater than what they've ever said about me. And today I can stand on the mountaintop and declare over every rooftop of Uniontown and Fayette County that I serve a God in the redemption business. You are not secondhand garbage. You are not less than. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. If God is for you, who can stand against you in Jesus' name? 
the one who was, is much greater. Listen, I, I am now because of what he's already done. Boy, I gotta hurry up. Look at, look at verse six. It says, he has made us a kingdom of priests for his father. Our glory and power to him forever and ever. Our purpose is to be a priest for God. Every one of us. We have been called to be a representative of the people to God and of God to the people. That's what a priest does. The Bible says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We ought to be the ones, even though that we are here on earth, we ought to be reaching up and touching heaven and speaking the blessing of heaven over a lost and dying world. That's why I'm sick and tired of everybody talking about how bad everything is and how awful everybody is. Today, I'm here to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Our responsibility, though, is going to lead to repentance. Repentance means we change the way we think today. Repentance is resolved today. I've determined today. What are we doing today to get closer to God, to walk away from our past and step into the promise of our future? What are we doing today? We get so wrapped up in the alpha, the beginning. We get so wrapped up in the omega, the end. We forget about the middle. What we do today matters. We get so wrapped up in talking about the past or we, we, we like to talk about these big things in the future. What about right now? What are we doing now to get there? Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you surrendering? Are you sinking your teeth into God's word? If we're not closer to God today than what we were yesterday, then what are we doing? We're further from God than what we were yesterday because the world's spinning faster than we're walking. Maybe, kind of say it this way. This is a very practical moment for us. You know, it's the holidays. You know, I love, might be the Lord answer. I love the holidays. I, I love I love the meals. Listen, I, I'm I make the in my I make the turkey in my family. By the way, I'll, I'll you come to my house. I'll show you how to do it. It change your life. I'll tell you that right now. Change your life. Use like eight sticks of butter. Lift that skin up. Tuck it in there. <laughs> hallelujah. I wake up and I anoint that thing with butter. <laughs> hallelujah. But. Many of us, were in this moment now where we've put on the holiday weight. Notice I covered my gut when I said that. I didn't realize I did it till afterwards. I'll just do it. I ain't cared. You know, we, we put on the holiday weight. And then we get to this moment and we're just a few days. We're in the week of Christmas. And we're like, well, there's no sense in starting now because I'm just going to pick out, you know, at the end of the week. So, you know. And we, we blame everything on the holidays. We all, I'm fat because of the holidays. Let's be honest. Honey, you were fat in October. <laughs> I'm not allowed to lie. It's against my religion. <laughs> right? And we try and blame our complaint. We, 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 we allow our complacency to be placed in blame on everybody else and everything else. And we, we allow ourselves, well, it's not, it's so it's no sense of me starting this week. So I'll just, I'll wait till, you know, and then we get to Christmas and then, you know, oh, it's new. That's right. You know it. It's New Year's, right? 
So now let's, might as well wait now. And then, you know, we'll, we're going to fast for one week. So I just fasted that first week. So now I can just eat whatever I want come the second week of January, right? And we continue to fall back in that cycle over and over and over again. And we push it off in complacency and laziness. And then we start to realize how fallen we really are. And then we get to this moment where Pastor Jason talked a little bit last week about it, so I'm not going to linger here too long. Then we get to the moment where we recognize we don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve the goodness of God. I don't. Man. I tell you this morning, I feel so unworthy to even be up here right now. I don't, listen, I'm not saying that, because we can do this sometimes and we'll talk less way and expect to get compliments on the other side to make ourselves feel good. I need God's grace. I don't know about you. Because that's why it's called grace. It's unmerited favor. I don't deserve this. You don't either. It's not about what you deserve. It's not about what you've done or what you can do. It's about what he's already done for you. (laughs) Do you understand this? It's not about what we deserve. I don't deserve means I'll never receive, but God gave it all. Listen, you can't receive everything God has for you unless you first thanks to God. And that's when we receive the truth. And the truth, he's the one who is right now. It's not about what you can do. You are because he is. Pastor Jason, have preached my message in the announcements. You are because he is. Let me say this again. You are because he is. I'm going to get an amen. I'm going to keep going here for a moment. You are because he is. How many understand when you say amen, it makes everybody else pay attention. First of all, it's an agreement saying, yes, that's right. And the other side of it is it makes other people go, whoa, I need to pay attention to what it's just saying. Stay engaged, okay? This is important. This isn't just because, you know, we're a charismatic church, Pentecostal, the whole deal. No, this is because we are passionate about what God is doing in our lives. Let's, let's be real about this today. It's, it's not just about us getting to heaven. It's reaching people to reach their purpose. You know what their purpose is? To get to heaven. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's it. That's it. If we're doing anything for any other reason, let's quit doing it right now. Because that's just a distraction from what God really has for us. Let's do everything we can to reach the lost at any cost possible. Let's give God everything we have. But oftentimes we get so wrapped up in what we can do, we forget about it's not about what we're doing. It's about who we are in him. It's not about the what, it's about the why. That's why we said, you've heard us say this over and over again from the book of Psalms. If you guard your heart, God will guide your steps. It's not about what you can do. It's about who you are in him. You are because he is. Listen, you are saved because he is salvation. You are healed because he is healing. You have joy because he is our joy. You are, listen, you have grace because he is our grace. I want you to allow this to sink into your heart this morning. We've got to understand, we love talking about the alpha, the beginning, the little baby. Jesus was so cute, right? We love talking about Christmas, the beginning of stuff. We love talking about how the way it used to be. Boy, when I first started coming, when I first gave my life to the Lord, when this is the way it used to be, when this pastor was here, when that was going on, when it was done that way, we love talking about the beginning. 
And then we love talking about the end. The alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet. The omega, the last letter of the alphabet, the A and the Z. We love talking about the end. I love talking about the end anyway. Let's just be honest right now. I'm going to heaven. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting out of here. You understand? Like it's, I, I, If Jesus comes right now, I would love not to finish this message. Some of y'all would probably think the same way right now. I would love just to get out. I'd love for those skies to split open and we get out of here. I'd love to spend my first, this Christmas, I'd, I'd love to spend it in heaven. Sitting around the marriage supper of the lamb, come on. I, I, I'd, I'd let the Lord do the turkey. I'll just tell you that right now. I'll let him do that. But we have to understand, it, it's, it's not just about the beginning and the end. But it's about the middle. He's not just the alpha and the omega, and he's not just the beginning and the end, but he doesn't just there and just there. He exists everywhere. He is omnipresent, which means he's not, it's, it's not just places, it's also time. He exists outside of not just here and there, but he's, listen, God is right. He's not just the A and the Z, he's the LMNOP too. Hear me today. Some of us feel like we got to do this all on our own strength and our own ability and our own talent and what we can do. And, and, and oftentimes we make, we make following God and what we can do for him. It's not about what we can do for him. It's about what he's already done for us as we give him the glory about what he's already done. Everything else falls into place. I'm not saying like we just float around and God ties our shoes. Come on, somebody. What I'm telling you is that we have to stop being so focused on all the way it was and the way it's going to be, where we're going. How are we getting there? What are we doing today? What are you doing today to get closer to God? I want to have a real firm conversation here with the men in the house right now. Everybody, if you're a man, you look at me right now. I believe God is raising up men to be fathers to the fatherless in our generation and in this community right now. That has been just something that has been bubbling deep on the inside of me. I know it's the same with Pastor Jason. There's just something deep inside of us. There's a fatherless generation that is lost right now. But can I tell you, we can never be a father to a fatherless generation unless we are first the men of God he's called us to be on our own homes. Don't expect God to bless you financially and to bless you in your work and to bless you in this and that if you can't keep your own affairs in order. There's men in this house right now. The only reason you're here is so that your wife doesn't nag you from coming anymore. About to get real. There's some, there's some men in this house where you have allowed the woman to be the spiritual head of your house. And she's working hard and she's doing a great job at it. But can I tell you, that's not God's plan for you and your family. Thank God that music started, huh? It's time for the men of God to raise up and be who God's called you to be. I'm not talking about this, you know, we go in, we bash everybody and everybody's supposed to follow us and do what we say. No. Do we love our wives as Christ loved the church? He gave everything for the, for, for the church. So men, it's time for you to stop taking from your wife for time. And by the way, if you happen to be a lady that maybe you're on your own or maybe you're a single parent, can I tell you something right now? You are my hero. Because you're doing an act and a work that you were never designed to have to carry. You are carrying a responsibility that you were never designed to carry, but you're doing it only by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You are more than enough in Jesus' name. 
It's time for men to stand up and be who they've been, who God's calling them to be in Jesus' name. Love you. We will never be in the plan of God until we're in the plan of God. He's the one who is. He's the one who is. He's not just the Alpha and the Omega. He's not just the A and the Z. He's the element of peace. He's everything we need. He's the one who was, the one who is, and he's the one who is to come. Verse 7 says, look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes and amen. See, responsibility leads to repentance, which leads to refreshing. The the book of Acts chapter 3 says, repent and turn to the Lord so that times of refreshing will come from being in his presence. One of the prayers of your pastor and our staff and our leadership is that we would be known as people of the presence of God. Why? Because God is our existence. He is everything. It's in him that we live and we move and have our being. He is right now. And it is his presence that will carry us into his eternal presence. If you're not living in his presence now, don't expect to live in his presence there. If we're talking about the one who is to come, boy, I don't have time to go through all this, but can I tell you right now, I don't know if you've been watching everything that's happening, the spirit of lawlessness that is loose over our world right now. Crime is higher right now. I mean, it is spiking faster than what anything else wants to want to know why because the spirit of lawlessness is the spirit of the antichrist wouldn't shock me a bit if the antichrist is ready right now to step onto the world stage can i tell you when he does i'm not going to be here because the holy spirit of god that is living on the inside comes and takes us out of here that's when he steps you better be ready just as chief in the night and take his bride. Second time he actually comes, listen, the rapture, Jesus isn't going to touch the world. He's just going to split the sky and we're gone in the moment and the twinkling of an eye, it's over with. But the second time Jesus actually comes and his foot touches down in the valley of Megiddo, the Bible says here that the world is going to mourn. Everybody's going to see him come and the world is going to mourn. Why? Because the world went its own way and they're about to meet their destination. But John says, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You want to know why? Because he's ready. I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready right now, this Christmas season? Are you ready to receive Christ as your king? Are you ready to surrender your life to the Lord? This is your moment right now. It's not about what you've done, how bad of a person you are, how good of a person you think you are. None of that matters at this moment. What matters is whether or not we are saying yes to Jesus right now. What we do today determines where we go tomorrow. What are you doing right now today? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't push it off. I'll wait till Christmas Eve. It'll be a little bit, you know, oh, I'll wait till New Year's. I'll wait till then. I'll wait till then. No, today. Get involved. If you're already a follower of Jesus Christ and you're not serving, sign up today. Get involved today. I'm waiting, just finding my space. How can you find your space if you're not in something? How do you know it's not for you unless you're in it? Get involved. Do something. Not just for the sake of doing something, but for the sake of growing. 
If we're not growing, we're getting smaller. We're shrinking. We're falling away from the Lord. Let's step into what God has for us today in this moment, right now, in this season. God has more. And some of you say, well, you know, I'm past my prime. It's time for somebody younger take over. Listen, if God was done with you, you'd be on the other side of the dirt. There's more. There's more. He is the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. He is coming soon. Let's get involved. God is moving. Let's move with him in Jesus' name. Come all across this place. Would you stand to your feet this morning?